the stunning band website in minutes with Banzoogle. Go to Banzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. Jay, Good let's morning. just get right into it. I want to remind oh, yeah. everybody, lots of love for HypeBot.com and Bands in Town for everything you do to promote and support and share the Music Biz Weekly we podcast. It. And of course, today's podcast is brought to you by a couple of amazing sponsors. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. Their simple step-by-step system will get you online in minutes, choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, and then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians, by musicians, Bandzoogle has all the features you need for your website and EPK built in, including merch and download store for commission-free sales, tour calendar that allows you to sell your own tickets commission-free, fan club subscriptions, crowdfunding, all subscription fee, mailing list tools, integrations to pull in your content from sources like Twitter, YouTube, and SoundCloud, and, of course, amazing live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Plans start at $8.29 a month, which includes hosting and your own free custom domain name. Go to Banzoogle.com to start your 30-day free trial. And be sure to use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, MUSICBIZWEEKLY, and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's Banzoogle.com, promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to build your website and EPK today. And, of course, DiscMakers.com. We all know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, and T-shirts has become an important income generator. Uh, Our friends at DiscMakers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. Here's what we got set up for you. Head over to DiscMakers.com, place an order at checkout, enter the promo code FREEBIZ, FREEBIZ, and you'll get free shipping on CD orders of 100 or more from DiscMakers, up to $150 value. Hurry, the code expires 12-31-19. Again, discmakers.com. Put the code FREEBIZ in at checkout. So, uh, we've just, let's just Good get right today. in. Let's get, in, let's get right into it. Yeah. This, is, this is all about playlists, playlisting. Yes. What everybody's asking about. Everybody's and we've always got talking about. an expert on here who learned from doing and has put out a new book. And uh, it's a great conversation. Yeah, so... We got Mike Warner. Let it roll. Today we are joined by Mike Warner. Mike has written uh, a new book called Work Hard, Playlist Hard, the DIY Playlist Guide for Artists and Curators, which I have read and marked up with my yellow highlighter. Um, He also is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Streamline uh, Podcast, which I encourage you to go uh, uh, listen to. Uh, Mike, uh, thanks for joining our little show today. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I, it feels weird. I, I've been tuned in most weeks, and to be part of this now, it's going to be um, really fun come Friday, <laughs> awesome. tuning in and listening. Awesome. Well, I feel the same way, you know, listening to Streamline. I was listening to uh, um, the conversation you had with Sherry Hu uh, recently, which was one of the best shows you've done. 
I mean, we like her. We've had her on the show, and there's always really great insights. But before we get into that, um, I'm, I can't remember which podcast it was, but you had gone into your background a little bit, and it's super interesting. Can you kind of walk our listeners through, like, how did you get to this place where you're kind of helping DIY artists and kind of demystifying the whole, uh, you know, DSP playlisting uh, uh, landscape? Yeah, sure. I'll give you the short version of the story so that we can really get into this because I know we're all itching to <laughs> um, nerd out here. Uh, but uh, started out music lover, young age, listened to various genres of music, uh, anything from Guns N' Roses to NWA to James Brown, Michael Jackson, very broad music collection. Got into DJing at the age of 18, started producing a few years later because I realized that I couldn't play shows out of my local city playing other people's music. Uh, so started producing music. Uh, fast forward, was releasing with some record labels in Australia. They were doing a good job, but I realized that they weren't paying attention to streaming. And, um, you know, I kept, I found myself saying, what about Spotify? What about Spotify? And um, no one really knew where it was going. And so with my group, uh, Shameless Plug, they're called Date Night. Uh, mm -hmm. We... How we were coming up to our debut album and I said to the guys, look, why don't we take a risk here? Our music's already where we're taking a risk. We're not sticking to one genre. We're not trying to sign to labels because most labels don't know what direction we're headed. Uh, so they don't necessarily want to sign us. Let's just put it out ourselves and see what happens. I've got a bit of free time now. At that point, I just moved to the U S and, um, trying to get work when you first move here as a uh, as yeah. a alien is a little hard. Uh, so I spent my days online looking into the DSPs and what we can do as independent artists. So at this time, we're technically still an Australian band. Two-thirds of the group are back in Australia. I'm here, but still got the accent. <laughs> I went on to Spotify Australia's Twitter account, sent them a DM. And at that point, you could actually do that. And they responded. And wow. uh, so That's we great. were able to communicate that way to the point where our debut album ended up getting featured on the homepage in the new releases section. And we had a number of tracks across their playlists, including New Music Friday Australia. And very quickly, I realized that it, it was as easy as that. I just had to reach out and uh, right. obviously reach out the right way. So after that, uh, we had a few tracks that came out that didn't get the same level of love and support. And I realized that can't be our strategy. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, playlists shouldn't be your entire marketing strategy. That's a whole nother thing. Don't That's get me right. started on that. Exactly. I, I always say to people, uh, you know, radio, everything else is important as well, but, I'm the playlist guy. I'm going to talk to you about the playlisting side. Right. Um, but anyway, so I very quickly realized we need to do more than just that as far as our, our Spotify game, our game plan. It can't just be send it and hope for the best. So I on, went online and I started looking at all of these users that have their own playlists that have significant followings and seem to be moving the needle. And I realized that when you would look at a user's account, it would say user. And for some of them, it was saying tastemaker. And so right. I found out that in the early stages, there were 
I guess, power users that had strong curation that were getting rewarded with these tastemaker badges on their Spotify profiles. And, yep. you know, without speculating, what I, what I seem to see as a trend was that anytime they would add a song to their playlist, it may end up filtering into a Spotify editorial playlist as well, or it may get a bit of a bump in Discover Weekly. Whatever was happening in that process, I knew that these playlists were more valuable. So started working my way through, created a spreadsheet, uh, started looking at the profile photo, the name, doing a lot of hunting online. Google image search is a really good one, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I won't say any more than that. Sure. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone will be doing that. But, um, and I guess I made a lot of mistakes in the process with my outreach. Uh, I sometimes wrote emails too quickly. Sometimes I'd be copying and pasting and I'd send, uh, you know, the wrong person's name in the email to the next person in the list. Sure. So all of these sort of learnings, whether it was good or bad, I started to document and then started writing uh, these really detailed emails that went out to fellow artists saying, hey, hey, Michael, hey, Jay, uh, these are the next steps that you need to take for your next release. Number one, I noticed you don't have a bio. Get on that shit immediately. And right. here's why. And then uh, upload photos. Here's why photos are important to upload to your Spotify profile. Right. Uh, here's where they may be used, but here's the benefits of that. And it would just go on from there to the point where a friend of mine pulled me aside and said, hey, you should just make this into a book. Instead mm -hmm. of sending these crazy right. detailed emails to individual people, you could be helping a lot more people. Yeah. And, and, and you've done that. And, and I want to yeah. step back a second. When you said you built your spreadsheet, um, you know, there was a time back with Spotify when the user-curated playlists were a little bit more upfront, a little bit more accessible, and I kind of miss those days. And, 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 and at that time, you could actually um, have direct messages within Spotify between users. And, so, you know, yeah. very early on, you could send a message to that playlist owner right there within Spotify, even though, right. you know, so it made contact very easy. Right. And then after that, even if you could just get their username, you could just, you know, to Mike's point, you could Google it. You could look on socials. You could kind of track them down. And this is something like if you guys know Jay Frank, who had recently passed away, he was kind of a pioneer in this space. And I think it's really a brilliant way of doing it. You know, he did basically something similar, Mike, where, you know, he had a company called Digsin, Digital Single, and he wanted to, you know, reach some of these editor curators on the user side, not necessarily the, the DSP user uh, curators. And so he did kind of what you're talking about. And next thing you know, he's got this great network of people. The question I want to ask you is, as you're building this up, were you finding that these folks were pretty open to it as long as you were sending a personal note and it wasn't kind of the shotgun effect? Did you ever have people say, yeah, I'll add you, but you got to pay me X amount of dollars or any of that stuff. How did that kind of, you know, work out? Yeah. And so uh, for anyone that couldn't see my reaction, when you mentioned uh, paying and I was kind of rolling my eyes. Yeah. I've definitely experienced, I think almost every response that you can get from, you know, you know, F off, don't, don't reach out to me again. I, I don't <laughs> like hearing from people to, uh, 
you know, I don't even need to hear the song. It's just going to cost you a hundred US dollars and I'll wow. put you in the top 10 for four weeks, yeah. uh, which, you know, there's enough alarm bells in that alone. The fact they sure. don't even want to hear it and they just want your money. Yeah. Says what could go wrong? They must have some pretty weak curation. Yeah, what, what, what could go wrong, Jay? I don't know. You might just get <laughs> permanently banned from Spotify for life. <laughs> yeah, and we've seen this. Yeah. And, and not to interrupt you, Mike, but that was one of the best things I read in your book. Because I was actually contemplating putting together a book like this myself. And we'd kind of put together an outline with a friend of mine. And I kind of dropped the plans because you, you, this is so comprehensive and covers all the areas um, that I would have covered, but one of the chapters, you just say point blank, if you know, do not pay for placement. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's I. The thing is, there's a lot of artists out there who will do anything to try and get their music ahead, and well, if they course. feel that paying money will get that for them, I can understand why they would go. Oh, you know what? Anything it takes. I just want more listeners. I want right. I want more people listening to my music, but. That's why I had to put it in there because I had to let them know that it's not just, oh, you may get some listens, but they may not be real people. It's no, your music may get pulled down. You may be blacklisted. You're going to have to basically start again, at least on Spotify. And I'm right. sure that that's going to be reciprocated on other DSPs well, as yeah, well in I the mean, future. We, we, we've always said, you know, if, if, if you're serious about something, just take a few minutes and read the terms of use. On Spotify, yeah. the terms of use on Deezer, on Apple Music, you know, 90% of a terms of use is all legalese that means nothing. But there's usually one or two sections that are very clear and very straightforward about what you can't <laughs> do on their service. You can't, yeah. use, you can't swear, you can't use hate speech, you can't, you know, they'll list all, copy and paste that and Put that on the wall, and there's your <laughs> guidelines of what you can't do. Well, you know when you're doing something wrong. I mean, I I believe I I got to tell you, Mike. One of the things that you had in in the book, um, which is something that Michael and I preach all the time, that still every single week I run into artists where I go to their one of the th first things I do is I'll you know check out chart metric or sound charts and kind of get a sense of where they are and then I'll go to their Spotify page and I'll see well did they do they have their social links do they have any images do they have an updated bio <clears throat> you know those types of things and I'm just surprised every single week artists that should know better you know th they don't have anything there and and I just love the fact that you kind of preach that you know, in the book, like that's something you can control and that'll take, you know, 10 minutes out of your day. You know, do you, do you still find people that you, you see day to day and you're like, oh man, you got to do the basics first, man. You gotta, you gotta take care of your profile. Absolutely. And what I do is with some curators, when they receive music, you know, people send me music on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, um, you know, bring it on. I say, um, <laughs> I, but I, yeah, I say that carefully, uh, but no, what I'll do is, um, some curators will go back to them and go, Hey, the mix isn't right for this reason, that reason, whatever. I avoid getting into that side of it because I know that there's people out there who are better placed to give more detailed feedback on that. And there's many services out there that can help sure. you with tweaking that mix and that master. So what I do is I look for those opportunities, like you mentioned. So I'll, I'll go back to them and say, hey, 
um, you know, really like your track. I'm going to add it or, hey, your track doesn't fit the playlist. I'm looking for this genre. That's why I won't be adding it. But I just want to let you know you don't have a bio. Uh, here's, and then I'll just copy and paste. Even if it's a piece from my book, I'll go, here's what you need to do. Here's why you need a bio. And here's how you can add it. And I'll just send that back to them. And then I I feel good about it because I've helped them with one little step that has been overlooked for yeah. however many releases. I mean, <laughs> there's established artists out there that are with major labels that still some of them don't have bios. And it blows yeah. my mind that yeah. that many sets of eyes are on Spotify and watching all their profiles on all the DSPs, but they haven't picked that up. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I wonder if there are other things that you find um, that are simple, like updating your Spotify, you know, page that that don't take a lot of money, that don't take a lot of time. Are, I know from reading the book, but I'd like you to kind of talk through. Are there a few that you like that you tell people, like, look, you got to do the basic blocking and tackling here. You know, this isn't going to cost you a lot of time or money. Are there things like that? Yeah, I mean. There's a lot of things, some of the most important things that you can do with your release um, after the song is finished, mastered, the artwork is done, of course. Uh, you know, number one, I say, if you haven't submitted to Spotify for artists, um, I mean, if you haven't tool. gone into Spotify for artists and submitted for editorial, you're missing out on not just editorial listening to your song. You're missing out on your song going into release radar for all of your followers. That's right. You're missing out on the ability to tag the mood, the genre, the instruments used, the narrative the song is in the, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, whether it's clean, explicit, you can add those tags in there yourself. I mean, I get so many artists come up and go, Oh, you know, I ended up on the, the pulse of indie rock, but I thought I was a hip hop artist. Right. I go, well, <laughs> you, you know, they, they don't have time to sit there and manually tag all of them. They do the best that they can, but initially they may not get it right from day one. Right. But if you'd gone in and submitted and tagged that song, you're going to feed the algorithm before the song is even out. But, yeah. you know, guys, I, I would back up one step because you're, you're 100% right on this, Mike. Um, but go claim your Spotify for Artist profile. Just go claim it. Get on it. Yeah. I, I, That's a good point. Every, I find every, that. Every yeah. week, I still talk to artists who are, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to be working with you. Can you um, add me to your team on Spotify for Artists? And they're like, uh, not, what? what is that? What's that? I'm Apple not on it. I don't have access yeah. to it. I'm like, okay, I'll gain, I'll get the access. I'll then add you to it. Or they're always, or the other one is, I don't know, talk to our label. They're, they manage that for us. And it's like, no, you wow. have to it, think of your Spotify for Artists page as a Facebook page. You yeah. need to have access and control of that. Maybe you're going to do nothing with it, but go get that control first. Because once you have that control, everything you're talking about here, Mike, is just a matter of going in and going, all right, I'm going to copy and paste my bio. Okay, I'm uploading my new band photo. Um, Your okay, artist pick. I, I'm gonna my artist pick. Um, I'm gonna put a header image up there. I'm adding links to all of my social networks. Guess what? You can do that in Spotify. Yeah. You can add yeah. links back to Facebook and Twitter and everything else in there. Um, interestingly yeah, that's enough, a missed they, opportunity. interestingly enough, they don't allow links to YouTube. 
Yeah, funny how that works. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I hope that Apple Music gets to that point to, you know, they've talked about it. And look, those guys aren't stupid. You know, they're, you know, they're they're building their uh, spaceship over there, too. But I, I'm disappointed right now that I can really only change the, you know, avatar or artist image, whatever you want to call it over there, because, you know, I'm, a, I'm still a big fan of Pandora. They have millions and millions of people who go there to listen to music. And the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about really kind of kicked off with Pandora. And that is like, you know, the next big sound and amp and being able to pull all that data. And, you know, you get all that data, as you know, Mike, through Spotify for Artists, Apple Music for Artists, Spotify Analytics, all that. But there's a great article this week, uh, Music Biz, um, no, um, Music Business Worldwide, <clears throat> that we're going to run in your morning coffee tomorrow, where Lear Cohen talks about, you know, the problems surrounding data, you know, that either people are misusing it or they're not interpreting it right or, you know, they're not using it at all. And I know, Mike, you you see this all the time with the digital service providers. There's this wealth of data that people can use to route their tours or to know who their audience is or, or whatever it is. Do you find yourself kind of preaching that to folks, like make sure you take a look at your data and learn from it? Yeah, definitely. And obviously there's two sides to this. There's the metadata side, which is attached to the song. And I always say, you need to be very careful with this. Imagine uh, you know, if a barcode is a long number, a 16 digit number, and one number is wrong and somebody scans that barcode, they're not buying your album anymore. You're they're done. buying a, a packet of nappies or something, you, you know, <laughs> something completely different. So right. you need to make sure that that information is correct because once it's out, it's just gonna go everywhere. And so it's a lot easier to get it correct from the start. But then, yeah, the other side of data, of course, is once your song is out, where is it? Uh, where is it getting playlisted? Where is it appearing? Is it being used for sync on film, TV? Is it in a Netflix film that's coming out? Uh, you know, I'd like to hope that your publisher or whoever you're working with would tell you that. But, um, right. you know, and then not the other side of it for routing tours, like you mentioned, Apple Music for Artists, Spotify for Artists, they show you the number of listeners in that city They'll show you Apple even go even more detailed than that um, as well. I, I found that I could find people in a, in a small county, um, you know, and even if it's 10 listeners, you know, if there's 200 people in, yeah. you can go, well, that's 5% right there that have listened to my music in the last month, you know, book yeah. me. Um, but yeah, I've, I think it's really useful. The problem is that a lot of artists feel overwhelmed by it. They go, oh, yeah. what, what do I do with all of these numbers that I have? And I go, well, you know, start to focus a little deeper. You know, are you trying to book more shows in your hometown first? Okay, then start just worrying about that and grab all that information and go, look, I have 10,000 monthly listeners. 50% of them are based here in this city. I can tell you right now, my family is not that big, so they must be actual fans in this city. Uh, give me a shot here. Uh, you know, if we book it a few weeks in advance, I'll put it up on my shows on Songkick, which will then show in the concerts tab in Spotify. And we may get lucky and Spotify may include me in their upcoming shows in your city email that goes out, right? Uh, which would then be free advertising, essentially. Absolutely. And uh, I've seen that happen for a lot of artists. I know they've got a, sh you know, they've got a tour booked and, they, I say, why can't I see it on Spotify? 
And then they go and upload it. And then all of a sudden they get all these people messaging them going, hey, I didn't know you were playing in my city. I got this email from Spotify and there's your photo right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come see you. That's powerful stuff. You know, the, the yeah. basic premise of, of the book, and I encourage everybody to read this thing because there's a lot of great information in there is um, like, how do you get on playlists? Right. The, the first thing people ask, and it's at every level that all the bands and managers that I work with, it's the first thing out of their mouth. And we always say, well, look, a playlist is not a marketing plan. Let's step back and look at the, the entire marketing plan that you alluded to at the beginning of the show, you know, there's a lot of aspects to rolling out a release cycle. And that's one important part, but it's not the whole thing. So I've been working with USC and UCLA music business programs. And one of the things we put together was this deck called Paths to Playlists. And we did a little, uh, you know, I moderated a panel at the Music Biz Conference on this. And we looked at all the different ways people were having success. And a lot of these are in the book. For example, I met this one student who just got a list of music blogs. And they're very easy to get, you know, on the web. You can find a current list of music blogs. And she just sorted it by her genre. And then she, she didn't just carpet bomb them with an email. She sent a personal note. And you mentioned this in the book too, how important that is. She sent a personal note saying, look, I love your, your playlist. I think my music fits well on it. I'd really appreciate it if you'd let me know what you think of this track. And she had millions of spins on, on Spotify and Apple music just by doing that. She didn't do any of the other things. Now, will that work for everybody? No, but as your book kind of points out, there are various different paths that you can take. And if you do all of these things together, it just increases your chances. There, there's no silver bullet. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, that example you used, um, what I liked about that was it was short. And this is one thing that I really want to get out there to any artist. Don't overload people with information i mean yes at some point they may want your press kit they may want five photos of you high resolution they may want a high quality wav file of your song for some <laughs> reason but they don't need it in that initial email um point. i always say the shorter the email or the message that you send to me the quicker i will respond to you if you send me an email that takes me five minutes to scroll down yeah i'm gonna put that in the too hard basket and i may reply next week whereas if you send me an email that's one paragraph two paragraphs max i can read it quickly and know exactly what it's about i can respond just as quickly to that yeah. um that's what i like about pushing people to social media to send me music it forces them to keep it short and sweet so i really for me Personally, I just want the link. I want to click that and press play and listen. I don't yeah. care how many followers you have or anything else. And if you don't have a profile photo on a bio, but I like your music, I'm going to support you and I'm going to tell you what you can do so that other people will hopefully start paying attention and realize that this artist <laughs> has touched their profile. They're paying attention to it. I know that they're likely to actually see this um, when I add them. Yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, with the outreach that you mentioned as well, uh, my strategy, and like you said, it's going to be different for everyone. Uh, I don't actually include a song in the first outreach. I ask for permission uh, because sometimes you're going into somebody, you may have ended up on their personal Twitter account and not realized, or you may have messaged their Facebook and uh, you're already advice. aware that that's a little bit of a, 
invasion of privacy for some people. Um, so, you know, very respectfully, I would go in, like you said, love your playlist. I've listened to it, most importantly. Hopefully, yeah. Heard, yeah, heard a song I like on there from this artist. Uh, that's great. And I, I feel that my music would be a good fit. Do you have a submission process that I could follow? And if so, what is it? And then, you know, I've asked them a question that's really quick and easy to answer. Yes or no. Most, Yeah, and most of the time it's positive. I don't think I've really had any negatives from that. They'll just say, I don't take submissions. That's the worst thing they could say. Right. Or usually it's, you know what? I, I have a day job. I do this in my spare time. I have Tuesdays off. Send it to me on Tuesday. And that's when I listen. And they so want to know that you and know what they're them Tuesday morning. Right. And they, they want to know, just like you would want to know, that you actually know what my playlist is. For example, yeah. I manage uh, some digital strategy for a jazz label. And I see the correspondence coming into their website. They're a jazz label. And yep. they get EDM, country, metal. Hey, check this. And I'm thinking, you're just carpet bombing. You're just like spraying this everywhere. There's no personal message, no nothing. And it's immediately delete. I think to myself, you didn't even take the time to look at this website to see what, kind, what the genre was. You know, yeah. let alone what you said, which I think makes a lot of sense, because I know if I got an email and someone said, hey, I think I would fit well here. What's your submission process? Is it OK if I send you a link? You know, that makes a lot of sense. Mike, yeah, what, what, yeah. what, what do you what do you think of all of these playlist promotion services that are out there? And we don't need to get specific, but you're going to hire. Some, it, you know, it's like hiring a publicist. To do PR, you can now hire somebody to do playlist promotion for you. What's your what's your feeling on on paying somebody to go out and promote to playlists? Sure. So, ideally, the dream would be for me, especially with what I know, to hire somebody to do the outreach that I do myself. To know that it's real, it's personalized, and that ideally you're developing those relationships long-term and you own those relationships. If you get a positive email from someone, you have their email address, their name, you may connect on LinkedIn, anywhere else, you own that. But if you don't have time and you would like to pay somebody to do this work for you, um, I guess I don't want to say that they're all bad because they're not all bad. There are ones right. out there that will get some good organic results, most importantly. Um, but there's definitely a lot of warning signs out there for artists. <laughs> so straight up, if they have a Gmail or a Hotmail address, uh, they don't give you a real name. Uh, their website is a Shopify account or something like that. Um, if yeah. they only accept payments on PayPal, Venmo, uh, you, you know, there's... There's a number of things. What I would do to add on to that is then I would go on to LinkedIn and search that company name, see if it even exists on there because people are pretty quick to um, share if they've had a bad experience. Um, places like Reddit and other forums and blogs, great place to just ask because people are not shy if they've had a bad experience. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then on the other side of that, you know, that's how you can look out for the bad ones, for the good ones. I find that the good ones <clears throat> get so overwhelmed with business that they don't need to advertise. And so they basically go by word of mouth. And so what you'll have is if you've got a fellow artist within your genre, 
and their music's doing really well, you, know, you could you could just say straight up, what's what's your strategy for the playlisting side? Uh, you know, do you have anybody that's helping you out with the outreach or anything? And they may surprise you and say, I do. I've got a I've got a guy. I've got a lady. I've got a person that helps me. Uh, here's their email address, but let me just check first and introduce you because they don't advertise these services. And they're usually the ones that are really on top of it. And the fact that they don't need to advertise means that people keep coming back to them and giving them yeah. repeat business. And it also means that they're doing the work themselves. That's why they can't take on more work. They're not trying to turn this into a big company and hire a hundred people and just go send emails all day. You know, yeah. they're, they're I, actually I, putting I, in the work because they have those relationships. I would add yeah. another red flag, which I've started to see more of popping up is, is services that when you go to look at what their fees are, their rates are, they're actually selling you packages based on how many streams you want to buy. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, big, alarm bell. big alarm bell. You you know, that's that's the equivalent of buying a fake Facebook like and a fake Twitter follower. Don't do um, it. Don't do it. That's not that's not getting a playlist. Yeah, you might get the stream. That's not engagement. But it's not engagement. It's not a real stream. And back to what we talked about at the very beginning, if Spotify gets wind of it, they could actually suspend your yeah. not not the person who did this on you on your behalf. They would suspend your account. We've seen it happen. You know, Mike, the other thing I look at is I, I'm a big fan of being in a lot of playlists, you know, as opposed to being in one big giant one that you're going to be in for a hot moment and then you're done. Yeah. You know, I want to be, you know, everywhere. And of course, when you look at a playlist, there's followers, which, you know, that's nice, but it's those those listeners, that number, you know, is really important to, to look at. And I noticed that some of these medium to smaller playlists, they, they have a, a higher ratio of people who actually are listening to, you know, the playlist. What do you tell clients, friends, people who submit music about the size of the playlists? <laughs> um, does, you know what? Does, does size matter? <laughs> I was trying not to say that. Come but, on, Jay. <laughs> There was so many opportunities there I to make know. some jokes. I, uh, <laughs> I had to withhold we, we myself. Just tee it no. up. <laughs> <laughs> you lined that up for me good. No, yeah. um, I say, I actually say forget the follow account, really. Yeah. I, I say it doesn't help you in any way. I mean, 100,000 followers sounds good, but you want to know how many, how many listeners you're actually getting, how many unique monthly listeners you're getting from being on that playlist. Because if it's five, that's the number you're focusing on. And that should give you an idea of how valuable that playlist is and how hard you are going to chase to get on that. Yeah. I mean, yes, everything adds up, but you really do want to be on playlists that are relevant, number one, because if people are playing you and then playing other artists on that playlist immediately before or after you, you want to make sure that you fit within that crowd Otherwise, the algorithm is going to go crazy. Yeah. And once again, you could end up getting tagged incorrectly as right. a, a, a wrong genre. Um, yeah, yeah, but so followers, just, just so we're clear, and I agree yeah. with you 100%, followers is an important number when it's you as an artist, because to your point, that'll drop you in the weekly release radar and that sort of thing, but maybe less important for 
playlists, right? And then when it comes to playlist placement, we all see that if you're in like that top, you know, 15, 20, above, above the fold, burner. above the fold, <laughs> above the fold. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you find that too, Mike, where, you know, once you kind of dip below a certain number, the engagement drops, it's just, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a dry stream, but just, it's definitely not the same as being in that first group of songs. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know, the top placement is always the best because when you launch a playlist, unless you immediately hit shuffle, you're probably going to hit play first and start playing from that first track and then shuffle after. So the very top is key. Uh, that's going to make a big difference for you. But also you want to make sure that you're top on the right playlist because if you end up slapped on a hip-hop playlist and your country music, yeah. you're going to see a lot of people just skipping over you and probably giving that song a little thumbs down as well. So, yeah, and most of the time that happens if people pay for that, of course. I, yeah. would, I would also add, beyond just the placement in the playlist, which is very important, I look at how many songs are in this playlist. And you know, I've come yeah. across I've come across playlists that are like a thousand songs, thousand songs, and and if you get added to it and they don't manually put you at the top, you're a thousand one. And I don't know about you guys or any of our listeners, but I've never listened to a playlist through to the point where I heard a thousand songs in a playlist. You yeah. know, I never yeah. ever made it to the bottom of anybody's playlist so if if it's a playlist that is that is tightly curated and they're like okay i'm i always have 25 artists in this you know being number 25 in that playlist is better than a playlist that's got thousands of songs yeah. in it because yeah. a thousand songs tells me that that, well, play, that, that playlist that owner is literally probably just throwing everything into it that comes his way the kitchen sink yep Yep. Hey, Mike, let me let me ask yeah. you about like a lot of folks forget that it's not over once you get the playlist ad. Right. I mean, do you encourage folks to drive traffic to it, to promote it on their socials, their ECRM? And is there anything that you can do if it's a user curated playlist to kind of reach back out? And I mean, do you ever follow up or encourage people to follow up with those playlists and like, Hey, thanks for, you know, adding my track and thanks for spinning it. And I've got another one you might like, I mean, is there work to be done after the fact? Definitely. There's so many people that don't, they'll reach out, send you the track and then you'll respond and tell them that you've added it and you don't get a thank you. And um, as, as simple as that, that make <laughs> the next time you get that email, you may go, I remember this person. I don't think that they remember me though, because they didn't say thank you. Um, but you know, even if you don't, let's say you get added, you find out on Spotify for artists, you got added to a playlist and you don't know who the curator is. I say still go on social, do a public post and share the URL because, you know, with services like Google mentions and things like that, most people are tracking themselves. They're tracking their name, they're tracking their playlist name, or they're tracking that URL. So they're going to see, oh, I got a shout out on Twitter from this person. They didn't tag my profile, but that's okay. I see that they shared my link. And the same applies with Spotify. You don't know who in editorial curated that playlist for the most part, 
but you could still share it publicly and say, thanks, Spotify, or go check this out. Um, so whoever it is, definitely share it publicly. Even if, even if you don't know exactly how to tag them, they may find that one day. And it could be that day when you've got that next track ready. I know that when I get a shout out, I usually go and take a look at their socials. And sometimes I'll even go back to their profile and play their latest song to remind myself of who they are. And that could lead to another ad for them that they didn't even need to ask for. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're an artist, you're a curator, so you're kind of playing both sides of the fence. You're promoting your own music, but also kind of helping people to pr promote theirs. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me to get a good understanding of the world of playlisting, I realized I needed to have my own and I needed to make them public. And, you know, I experimented with every type of strategy out there to grow them that you could think of. And yeah. unfortunately, some of them I realized would just gain you followers, but they wouldn't actually get any more listeners on your playlist and yeah. so but at the same time i went i'm gonna leave them up and i'm gonna keep fighting this and i'm going to find ways to drive more listeners to them uh as opposed to followers um so you know things that i found uh spot uh, instagram stories let you swipe up people don't swipe up and hit follow straight away they swipe up and hit play so um what i've what i've realized from that is that by Anytime I add a new track to my playlist, and this is probably a little more advanced, but there's a way that you can modify the URL to a third-party playlist, to any playlist on Spotify, that it will launch and start playing a song within that playlist, wherever right. that song is. So there's a way that you can do this for editorial within Spotify for Artists, but for those third-party playlists like mine, there's a way that I could say, I added this new song to my playlist, swipe up to listen now and it will launch my playlist, go down to that song within the playlist and start playing it immediately. And then that artist is stoked because I've basically done a sponsored yeah. swipe up for their song, yeah. but I'm also directing people to listen within my playlist and then hopefully stick around. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of cool little strategies like that that are starting, people are starting to realize now. <laughs> and, you know, instead of going up to a curator and saying, you know, I appreciate you adding my song. Can I give you money? If you really feel the need to thank them any more than just saying thank you, why not just say, hey, I'm going to link people directly to your playlist and tell them to go listen to my song there. And I'm going to put $20 on ads for it. Yeah, you know, that way that's a statement. You, you're advertising your music. You're sending people to their like playlist yeah. and you haven't handed them cash for it. Yeah. And it happened after you know, it wasn't to try and influence them either. It happened it's, after you were added. To say thank you. Exactly. Yeah. I like that a lot. I do. Um, Mike, where can uh, where can people pick up your book? Pretty much anywhere uh, worldwide now. So in the U.S., it's on sale right now. Amazon and Walmart have the paperback for eight dollars seventy, including delivery. Um, Outside of that, around the world, I, I'm not going to name all the bookstores, but obviously <laughs> Amazon's in most parts of the world. And I do have a full list on workhardplaylisthard.com slash book. Uh, so wherever you are in the world, you can go into your local bookstore, order it over the counter, get it shipped directly to your house. It's print on demand so that there's not thousands of copies sitting there on the shelves, um, getting coffee stains on them and anything like that. Um, 
and that works out a lot better for me. It's an independent book release, so yeah. uh, I didn't. Really I really enjoyed it, Mike. Cost. You know, I've I've I read everything I can on on this subject. You know, just like you and my Michael and I are are passionate. You know, about this topic, and there's so much misinformation out there. And uh, I got to be honest with you, when I saw the title, I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. And I, it's a, it's another, got, here's the magic trick to get yeah, on the like, playlist. Exactly. But it wasn't that, you know, it's really some, some basic, roll up your sleeves, advice. get to work. And I highly recommend, uh, that, that our, uh, our listeners go get this thing. It's called work hard playlist, hard, the DIY playlist guide for artists and curators. And, and Mike, I hope you come on, on the show again, because I mean, literally we could talk about this for hours and we're just kind of scratching the surface, but hopefully people will go out and get this. And then as you go forward, one of the beauty or beautiful things about having uh, a book like this is you can update it as things change, which I think is super great. So, yes. So anyway, uh, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Hope you'll come back and we can uh, talk again. I'll definitely come back. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Michael. Great thank, to great to hang you, out. It's a pleasure. Right. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Always fun talking about playlists. In, Always in the in the sense of the reality of playlists, not the the fantasy that. that oh my gosh, so there's many so much misinformation have. out there. You and I talk about this quite a bit, where people think that there's a silver bullet that it's easy. You just like the old days of radio, you know, maybe you just pay somebody and you get on these playlists and folks, it's not that easy. There's a process. There are things that you can do to increase your chances. But I think what I like about Mike's book best is that you can just kind of go through chapter by chapter, no matter what level you're at, highlight it with your highlighter pen, and you can take away some solid advice on how to increase your chances. There's no silver bullet folks. Yeah. And, and, and listen, my, my one bit of advice, get your Spotify for Artists account. And once you've and got Apple that, Music for artists, and too. Apple Music as well, go yeah. in and click the link that shows you all of the playlists you're on. That's it. You don't, you don't, you, even if you don't have time to hang out and listen to them and search and just go see, you'll be surprised what might pop up from the playlist. They give you this information. Lots of great info in there. And, and like Mike was saying, make sure you go into your Spotify for artists and add your bio and photos yeah. and social links. It's it's free. It's easy. Go in there and do that. Make when, sure that when 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 when, when I hope you're updating your Facebook and Twitter and YouTube because of new branding, new album. Spotify needs to be updated at the same yep. time. Put it on your well. list. It's your list of just places to go to. And as you said, I, I just did this for a new client yesterday. It took all of five minutes after I've gathered all of the assets needed to make all the changes and update it. And it's and it's totally it's a world of difference in how your profile looks. Yeah. All right. So once again, huge shout out to all of our amazing sponsors. Hypebot, Bands in Town, Bandzoogle, and Disc Makers, thank you so much. Anybody who's interested in sponsoring the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, just reach out to us. We'd be happy to chat with you. And, of course, head over to iTunes, leave a review and a rating. And if you're watching this on YouTube, click that little red subscribe button in the lower right corner of the video so you'll never miss another episode. And uh, that's it for the Music Biz Weekly Podcast this week. We'll see you later.